So, hello, welcome to Critical Support, your source for conditional, heavily caveated, completely correct takes on basically anything. And by basically anything, this week we mean Tiger King. Um, and only Tiger King. <laughs> this is our great This is a themed episode. <laughs> themed. Yeah. So, a couple different situations. Several of us have seen the show. Uh, one of us has not at all. One of us has seen part of it. Um, so we're going to keep coming at it from a, a number of different perspectives. And yeah, I guess the, the basic question is just, is there anything in Tiger King that we should extend our critical support to? <laughs> anything at all. Anything oh, at all. Yeah, that's a good question. Oh, uh, well, there's... Uh, from what oh, I... So. There's probably going to be a lot of spoilers in this, by the way, because we're not going to worry about that. Oh yeah, that's fine. So, yeah, as uh, the person who has not seen anything, I'm very happy to have some of it spoiled for me, so I can be more caught up. <laughs> um, based on everything I've heard about it, it just sounds like uh, just a lot of people who've been through a lot of shit, just sort of doing crazy shit. Uh, and so. I, it, none of it really sounds critically supportable, but uh, I'm down to be persuaded. Let's let's talk through it. Yeah, I guess the one basis of critical support that I that comes to mind for me is like really uh, really popular uh, entertainment that everybody is watching at once <laughs> and can sort of relate to and like sort Except of have person. a have a sense of like, ah, we're all, it's like, you know, in the old days, like of television before everything became like went online, like there were shows that people actually like had quote unquote water cooler conversations about, you know, like, oh, this happened on friends and, or, oh, did you see Seinfeld or did, uh, you see whatever and like people were on the same page and like could talk about it so now you with tiger king i feel like that's kind of happening yeah and that's kind of cool i don't know it's like yeah there's there's definitely this phenomenon with netflix where netflix releases things and we all or a, a good portion of people see it so you can talk about it but most but everyone watches it at their own pace and so it's always like, oh, have you seen that yet? No, I'm behind. Okay, crap. Now I have to find someone else to talk about this with. Um, but I think what happened with Tiger King was it's short enough and also just completely batshit enough <laughs> that it was like everyone watched or a, a good portion of people watched it within about two weeks. And then it's just, it, it was instantly this cultural phenomenon, which I, I would... I, it, it depends on whether or not you think that um, the whole thing is like voyeuristic or exploitative or something like that, whether or not you want to extend critical support to it on those grounds. I think, I mean, it's just, it's like any other documentary. I mean, I think for most of the people there, they wanted the film crews around them. Like Joe Exotic, definitely. He was so happy to have the film crews around him all the time. He, he lived for that shit. Carol Baskin, I mean, I think for her, it gave her an opportunity to, you know, I mean, like, people kind of hate Carol Baskin because of this, but also, I mean, it never showed anything damning about her. Like, she, like it, there's no proof of anything. There's just what people say. And so, I mean, she, she let them into her life, you know, and like everyone in the movie – you know, they may not, in the long run, they may not benefit from it, but they all, they all let it into their life very openly, you know. They were like, a lot of them, most of them were very excited to have this camera crew follow them around for years, for literally years at a time. So I think it's, it's, it's very okay from that perspective. I'm, I'm trying to think of something like Tiger King that became sort of 
a culture in the cultural, you know, water, you know, in the water, if you will, you know, like in terms of things like recently that have come out that like everyone can kind of talk intelligibly about, you know, like I think like the, the Avengers probably, you know, in terms of like an end game and um, uh, Infinity War before it, because like yeah, the internet just proliferated with memes uh, about Game like, of uh, Thrones from those yeah. movies. Game of Thrones, yeah. yeah, to a degree. But I think this is the, like, I'm trying to think of something that is of the uh, shelf quality of <laughs> Tiger King. Uh, something, you know, on the that level of, like, this is just kind of insane documentary. And I'm, I really kind of, is it like, does it go to, like, Borat kind of? Like, Borat, like, in the mockumentary style of, like, like, this is a crazy thing that we all think is funny it's or is it more like, yeah, it's probably most comparable to something like Borat where it kind of comes, it's completely out of the blue and it, it becomes this phenomenon overnight. And it's like Borat, I mean, it was a mockumentary, but it had some elements of being a, a documentary, right? Like not everyone on it knew that he was doing an act. Right. Right. Yeah. No, that's the whole premise of Borat. Right. Right. Yeah. So there's, there's, there's some elements of it like that versus the difference with Tiger King is that it's real. Yeah. Like a pure uh, documentary. One degree or another. But yeah. And it's like, I, I guess I, I just want to, the, the idea that it might be somewhat exploitative and voyeuristic, I don't think is like, I, for one thing, I don't think that, but I, I, I don't think that the, the best argument for that is um, refuted by uh, saying that they're all happy that this is happening, that they're all they're all glad to be on camera. Like the fact that they want attention and they want media attention, and they are getting it through of this through this doesn't mean that the whole thing is not was not approached and is not proliferated and sustained by this sort of uh, making fun of poor white people in the middle of the country, you know, hillbilly shit. And it's like I don't think that holds up because they're all stupidly rich. And all like my 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 counter argument to that is that the whole thing is one giant version of the world's worst boss, and it actually treats the majority of the employees of these people as very sympathetic. Yeah, like, yeah that's totally that's, true. Yeah, ninety percent of the interviews are someone talking about some crazy day they had at work and some batshit thing that their boss did, and it's like even I mean the people who worked for Joe Exotic were weird too. But, it, but it was it was it treated them well, and it it, yeah. it was it was about getting their perspective, and it didn't it didn't try to put any of the blame on them as people who just were working at the zoo. Yeah, like that that woman that lost her arm. Yeah. Right. Like. Wait, what? Holy Someone. Well, hold on. Someone <laughs> lost her arm. Yeah. Yeah, I was bit off by a tiger. The the crazy part about that was how she was just like still all in it you know right but yeah. but yeah she was extremely sympathetic and it's there's one um i i haven't been able to verify this i've heard people claim that um that 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 person is actually a trans man and uses masculine pronouns right i i haven't they definitely didn't do that in the show I yeah, I remember hearing something about that too. Yeah, I just saw it. Uh, I, I forget. I forget their name now, so that's why I was. They introduced them as Kelsey, and then like in parentheses, Saf. I think. Oh right, Saf. Saf. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Sorry, sorry if I misgendered you, Saf. <laughs> and and they go by listening. like like Saf is the name they go by now or uh, is that the name they went uh, no idea that's the impression like i mean when you see someone's name and it's like in not, not parentheses sorry um like uh, quotation quote. uh, right nickname yeah that whole thing seemed a little odd to me and i don't know having not seen it i don't know really the context yeah um, i mean but, just just the fact that like this person's arm was ripped off at work and they were they went back to work the next day. Yeah. Like days later. Yeah. Like what? Totally out. It, it wasn't even treated as like a, they were forced to. It was she was like, yeah, that's what I wanted to do. No. Nah. 
I mean, they were just like, this is my life. This is what I'm doing. I messed up. And like, I'm working with tigers. I'm not surprised, you know. It didn't seem, I mean, they honestly seemed like like the most normal person in the show. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) So it sounds like at a ground level, like at the most, or at least the, the one thing we can establish critical support for in the show is like documentaries about bad bosses. Like it's sort of like ex- <laughs> sort of workplace conditions, like you know, exposing oh, yeah. how the those who own the means of production are typically really terrible with it. No, um, yeah, capitalists are, yeah. are cult leaders. That's yeah, cult leaders and competent. So there was an episode right. called Cult of Personality. No, yeah. What was that guy's name that 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 was the legitimate cult leader? Oh, Dalton. Oh, Doc. Bog. Bogvon. Bognavon Doc Antle. He was a doctor, a doctor of uh, metaphysical sciences. <laughs> oh God! Oh Jesus! Yeah, the legitimate the sex cult. And that's and, and that's what's fucking weird though is he also came across as completely lucid and completely with it and honestly really normal, which just makes me think that he is just a complete shitbag, exploitative, horrible person. Oh yeah, he's and the he's worst. Like, he knows exactly what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. Like Joe Exotic is one of the crazier people that this society has probably ever produced. (laughs) Yes. And he's often his own thing. He is doing, you know, he he is interacting with a world that none of us actually have access to. Um, None of that excuses all of the horrible shit that Joe Exotic does. And apparently he's like super, super racist too. That didn't really come out in the documentary as much, but. you know, but yeah, like he there's there's a sense of like he's been through some shit. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, and, he, you and he's gay. You know, they definitely play that aspect up a lot. Uh, they had to play it up. I think he's that's how he presents himself. But yeah, I think unlike Carol or Doc Antle, Joe is very he's very real and raw and genuine, and so like the bad things that he does, he's not doing it as part of some like grand scheme where he has everything plotted out. And he has all these talking points prepared to say in the interview, he just sort of does these things because he like, because of impulses or because he just like, he, he genuinely thinks it's the right thing to do a lot of the time, even though it's like completely misguided and insane. But then whereas like, Carol and Doc definitely present this. They're much more like they're very composed in front of the camera. They, they know exactly how to respond to every question. They have all their talking points figured out. They seem to be doing all this kind of plotting and scheming, right? And Joe is just sort of going for it and just like being real, which makes him kind of more likable in that respect and seemingly less evil. Not none of the things that he does are like, the bad things that he does, that doesn't excuse them, like, like you said, but it makes him as a person, especially in a film, in a, in a TV show, more empathetic or sympathetic, whatever the, the word yeah, is. Yeah, sympathetic. So, it's like you get the impression that he's desperately trying to make it versus yeah. Angel and Carol Baskin are fine. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So on like a D&D alignment chart, he's like chaotic evil. Or maybe chaotic (laughs) neutral, but it just works out that all this shit is evil or like. Yeah, I don't think he's trying to be evil, actually. That's maybe maybe that's a hot take, but I don't think Joe is actually trying to be an evil person. But, you know, that's a hot take. I think he's trying. I think I think he's yeah, I think he's very misguided and he he let the small amount of fame he got go to his head. But I think Carol and Doc are like very they're very intentionally malevolent so like sinister people sinister lawful lawful evil carol 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 is lawful evil yes versus like i think doc antle it would be like neutral evil maybe i'm not super familiar with the whole schema but yeah well i mean good neutral evil is fairly straightforward i mean good being more um you know you you yeah yeah but is evil, it evil self-centered is neutral also the middle point of the other one is this lawful yes, okay so neutral is both because there's true yeah. neutral which so is, you can be there's okay, true neutral there's true neutral so should we take uh, a yeah, vote most on this people don't 
like what is Joe exotic? No, no, no. Do we, do we, do we, we critical support for uh, mass cultural phenomena that I've been talked about? I mean, I think there's more to discuss on this. Yeah, I think so too. So, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's like, okay, so there's the, there's these aspects of it. So the two aspects I think we've, have put out or, you know, Teresa put forward, you know, the mass media sort of collective media idea. And then there, I put forward the, you know, exposés on bad, on workplace conditions, basically, is what right. this is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, one, is. Okay, so another aspect of it would be the criminal justice system of like, was Joe Exotic framed? Did Carol Baskin kill her husband? What the fuck is Jeff Lowe doing? Like, there's... What's okay. Yeah. Okay. So I, I don't recall the, or I haven't seen the Jeff Lowe aspect. Yeah. He comes uh, in later. Uh, what's the deal with that? Um, he's a guy who, when, when Carol Baskin's um, lawsuits finally start bankrupting uh, Joe exotic, um, he meets this guy, this real slime ball, guy jeff lowe who he thinks is like a multimillionaire and is gonna like save them from these lawsuits but it, he basically ends up handing over control of his zoo and there's this sort of protracted power struggle um and then the theory i guess is that uh jeff lowe ends up framing joe exotic for uh, the attempted murder of carol baskin oh wow okay yeah even though, like, nothing actually happened. Like, there wasn't an attempted murder. Okay. Well, for the, for the, the framing Joe for paying someone yeah, for to go attempting, kill. Yeah, attempting cheat. He paid, <laughs> paid some dude $3,000 to drive halfway across the country and murder someone. Right. But what got him even bigger was, you know, by bringing all this up, they were able to, like, dig even deeper and, and find the two tigers that he killed and bring him in on additional oh, yeah. endangered wildlife charges, which he definitely did do that. And, oh, yeah. They, they all did yeah. shit. It's like Doc Antle is definitely um, euthanizing and cremating tiger cubs after yeah. uh, using them for cub petting. And it's like, that's, it's pretty obvious. It's like, if that's, if that's your moneymaker, if that's the main thing you're doing to generate income... is the cubs. You can't possibly raise all of those cubs to adulthood. Um, that would cost you all of this extra money and you have to you know you have to pay to feed them for however long adult tigers live or sell them and risk all these wildlife trafficking charges so it's like that business model only works if you're doing what he's doing otherwise you end up like joe Zuck and you go out of business <laughs> gotcha which is all so- horrifying and it ultimately proves like as much as everyone ends up hating carol baskin because she's a deeply creepy person and I, I want to push back on some of the, like, I don't know. Some people are defending her just because she's not running a sex cult. Um, <laughs> That's a low bar. It's a low bar to support for yeah. not running a sex cult. I, okay, <laughs> sure. <laughs> and she's, she's exploitative and she's shitty, but ultimately she is right on some level. Like, what they're doing and the, these these practices of, you know, trading big cats and keeping them in private zoos is really fucked up. Oh yeah, horrific. I mean, it's it's. Uh, I mean, it's an animal rights tragedy, like just kind of playing in real time, right? Like these are not usually animals meant to be raised in Florida. Um, <laughs> I mean, that actually is close to their like. Yeah, uh, as soon as it came out of my mouth, I realized no, actually, no, subtropics. Is, yeah. yeah. Well. Um, that's a, I mean that yeah, that's another one we could talk about critical support for wildlife education for well for private ownership of large cats or you know I'm wild, stop yeah private ownership but yeah right right <laughs> okay but like I think even in a in a socialist society we would all say it's okay for someone to have a house cat or a dog yeah I I I, I would assume so yeah. But yeah, I, but sure. that's a, that's a, that's another topic. So we're still on one before we yeah. jump to another. <laughs> but it's like these these. I'm not sure exactly how I feel about zoos. My impulse is there is a humane and ethical way to maintain 
most, but probably not all, but definitely most animals in some sort of enclosure, in some sort of zoo atmosphere type of thing. And so when you have very well-funded, well-constructed zoos staffed by biologists, by you know animal specialists who know exactly what they're doing, that's all fine. But when you have this, these sort of ridiculous, filthy, you know, private zoo things all over the country where there's more tigers in captivity than there are in the wild, which is just like the craziest. I, I, I'm, I'm still really like yeah, several times a day. I still think about that. I'm like, holy fuck. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think under socialism, what we would do, I mean, we would definitely want these very well funded things, but like, I don't think we would like when you think of a city that has made it, you think, the city has a zoo of some kind, right? And I think that standard is kind of crazy. Like, I don't think every city needs a zoo to, Why not? to say that they've made it. But, like, you know, like, you could you could have wildlife more... Like, you have to go to a coastal place to see coastal animals, right? Like, that might be a reasonable thing. Or you, might, you would have to go to... You know, you know just because... I like, know, I don't like think keeping... No I don't think keeping, like a tiger in a zoo in California is fundamentally different than keeping them in a zoo in Montana. Uh, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I think under socialism, we would probably want to have sort of different priorities for how and why we are keeping non-indigenous animals in captivity. Like, I don't think it's great uh, or necessary that we have like hundreds of penguins at like the Monterey Bay Aquarium. It's not that edifying to an ordinary public citizen to see a, like hundreds of penguins and and it smells like shit. And you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's kind of whatever. And like, I think the, a better rationale would be like, yeah, you, you set up a zoo but you make it uh, an educational experience and there's like an actual, like, I don't know, connection to like, people can actually like connect to the animal that is displayed and their habitat is sort of like replicated pretty decently. And I don't know. Yeah. I just think the way zoos are organized now, it's, it's kind of like a Disneyland model as opposed to something that is actually educational and serious and pragmatic. I don't know. All the zoos I've been to are very focused on education and seem fine in that regard. I, I'm sure there are zoos that are shitty and not like that. Um, but on, on the point you said about like indigenous animals um, or like these being non-indigenous animals that are brought in. One thing that uh, also occurred to me during all of this is um, the Americas and uh, specifically North America used to have uh, quite a lot of megafauna of large land mammals. They were all wiped out when uh, humans moved, first moved over to land bridge from Asia. Um, basically because like, like in Africa, humans and other animals evolved, uh, sort of alongside each other versus with the Americas, it was like a sudden influx of people. And so, one thing that could happen over the course of like, you know, a revolutionary situation or something is all of these tigers and elephants and crazy <laughs> animals that people are keeping in large parts of America, apparently, could all get out. And then, and then the Americas will have megafauna again. <laughs> you have a smile That'd be on cool. your face. You <laughs> the new American elephants. Yes. <laughs> Actually, wasn't that, that was almost a thing. Uh, it was, it was like, Someone wanted to give Abraham Lincoln, like the, someone from India wanted to give Abraham Lincoln like hundreds of elephants. Um, wow. What? Citation needed? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to look this up right now. And he, he turned them down because he was like, where the fuck am I going to put all those elephants? Um, That's a good question. <laughs> In the lot. South. In, in Florida and parts of the coastal south, uh, reticulated pythons have gotten out and have become like kind of an invasive species. What are reticulated pythons? They're like the big 30-foot-long snakes. 
I'm just imagining now like Sherman's March with hundreds of elephants. <laughs> just, you know, just setting things on fire, swinging through Georgia, like. Yeah, so like the um, uh, Haradrim from Lord of the Rings. Yeah. But, uh, Atlanta. Yes, exactly. Like, yeah, exactly okay. That. So the king of Siam, huh. now, now, I guess now Thailand. Okay, well, it's, it's China, but... he offered a, a bunch of breeding pairs of elephants to Lincoln as an inauguration gift, specifically with the purpose of creating an indigenous elephant population, or, or I guess to like a like a wild elephant population in the continental United States. He specifically offered this. He's like, hey, I got a great gift for you. We can create elephants running around America. And Lincoln is like, no, I'm good. <laughs> that is a fucking world historical mistake. That would have been so cool. <laughs> would it have been? No, elephants are great. And you can, like, tame them. And they're great, like, pack animals. And Are they? I mean, like like horses like you know i mean horses are not native to the no Americas, they're not yeah right? they're not fully domesticated like horses but i mean yeah horses also also went wild went wild and now they run the plains um yeah where where i mean the elephants would probably also hang out in the plains right like lots of uh, yeah that, forests. That interesting question i feel like it'd be farther south because they they don't live anywhere cold God, that'd be so crazy, like, just, like, Southern culture. People in the South already, like, you know, just to, like, stunt on their neighbors will ride a horse around town, like, <laughs> riding their elephant, you know, to fucking I'm Walmart. I'm gonna take my elephant down the old town road. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, ride till I can't no more is pretty short, because I imagine elephant riding is hard. Okay, we're getting we're getting so much... We're getting so much great material just just from the the topic of Tiger King. Like I think to me that is a great reason to critically support the mass media, <laughs> the 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 cultural phenomena, like Tiger King as a cultural phenomena. Phenomenon. Phenomenon. Yes. Do, 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 right. do. Um, like without um, supporting yeah, like, the conduct of the people or the treatment of the animals in it, supporting just just it being a cultural phenomenon and that i mean yeah i mean as an expose of things that are happening in the united states that a lot of people had no idea about like yeah i think that's that's significant as well yeah i'm i'm inclined to agree i definitely enjoyed it i thought it was edifying yeah oh yeah i was giggling (laughs) about that earlier because like I'm just imagining like hundreds of penguins described as an edifice, and I'm like, that's, <laughs> that's uh, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> so, Preston, would you uh, offer your critical support to Tiger King uh, as a cultural phenomena? Oh yeah, um, no, I think it's. I mean, I don't even know that much. I haven't seen it, but I, the memes are there. People are bonding over it, especially in the time <laughs> of Corona. Um, you know, it's just this thing that we can all enjoy. I, I will say the people I know from Florida say, oh man, this hits too close to home. I can't do this. But like everybody else is is pretty That's down. So and so this is sort of like Florida getting some national recognition still in the way that Florida gets recognition, but more in a positive way. <laughs> <laughs> right. So what we're doing is then critical support for the existence of this show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Just, Not, just the fact that it exists. And that people, uh, that it's, it's, it, it's reached a mass audience. From the cultural phenomenon of, of this show. Okay. Separate of like the production of it, separate of like all, all of that right. kind of thing. It's more just like, it, it has a historical place in media production that uh, <laughs> is, is right. that would have been filled by something else if Tiger King was not there. I mean, we are living in historical times right now. We, we the, always are, Teresa. Uh, this is true, but like this particular moment with the coronavirus, uh, 
pandemic happening and acutely sort of defining our time. I mean, look, <laughs> Democracy Now!, which has for the entirety of my um, awareness of it and listening to it, has always described itself as the war and peace report. Mm -hmm. It has changed that to the quarantine report. <laughs> and to me, that represents a, a distinct historical conjuncture. It does, I feel it like does. That's more of a pun. <laughs> That's definitely a no. pun. Well, now, now, now she no. says, uh, this is Democracy Now!, democracynow.org, the quarantine report. I'm Amy Goodman. Yes, that is <laughs> Joined by Juan Gonzalez is. from home to maintain <laughs> social distancing. Yeah. yeah. I, I always thought them introducing us the war. The war and peace report seemed like it was thrown in. Like, did, did they call it that before it was called Democracy Now! or something? I mean, that has always, like, they, I don't, I don't remember exactly when they started. It was around, it was like 1999 or something, maybe. But they have always referred to themselves that way. And this is the first time I've heard it. Yeah, that's it's significant. <laughs> I, I noticed that, too. Any sort of aberration from that. I've noticed that. I'm like, whoa, that's not the right words. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what you're supposed to say, Amy. <laughs> She took the words out and put new words in. No. Do you both regularly watch Democracy Now? I listen to it pretty much every morning. Yeah, I, I mean, it. five days a week. Yeah, it's only five days a week. Wow. That's judicious of you. It's, yeah. like, it's like what NPR like morning report used to be for me. Yeah, I mean, it's like the only good news. I don't yeah. know. I can't. I watched it regularly for a couple months at one point and then got so tired of it so fast. I mean, it's, it's problematic sometimes. It's problematic. I just got super tired of Amy Goodman's like weird ass radio voice and the way <laughs> she like raises questions in this like twisted around way. And it's just like, just say it like a fucking normal person. Sure. I get that. But I think she wants to communicate the urgency and the importance of everything. And when you don't think it's as important as she does, then it's kind of like, eh. I don't know. Anyhow. I think it's better than Democracy Now! But What's that? I think The Rising is better than Democracy Now! But. Oh, no. Oh, I can't. I, politically, it is. I cannot stand that Really? Show. It just reminds, it's MSNBC. I mean, it's, they talk, and they're so fucking smug and snide about everything oh yeah definitely it's it's <laughs> aggravating actually it's it's like it's like they, well we're smarter than the liberals and the conservatives oh they're so stupid how could they not have thought of this we'll get them with this one like oh my god <laughs> yeah we, yeah yeah oh yeah i mean if if rising is the msnbc of chapo trap house politics then what is, like, the Fox News of Chapo Trap House politics? Like, what is the, like, tonight, you know? like That's kind every, of democracy now. Yeah? Like, is it like, well, ah, everything's on fire, ah. They're coming I mean, for your guns. It's just, it's way more level-headed. Yeah, democracy yeah. now is way more liberal, honestly, than Rising. Like, like as much no, as... No, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, the Rising is, they're posturing. Like, it is, it is... 80% posturing. Crystal Ball is, is a multimillionaire. She has like $40 million. It's, it, it's, it, it's not, but yeah, whatever. Yeah, so critical support for uh, the existence of Tiger King. Yes. Um, for its role in our society. Um, I would say, despite all, you know, the various ways in which he is sympathetic, I would say no critical support for Joe Exotic. Oh, no, it sounds like yeah, there's too much not. terrible shit there. I just find Joe so endearing. It's hard for me to not critically support him. So I would be a dissenting vote on that. Yeah, I, but, like, endearing fuck-up is still fuck-up, you know? like Yeah, but he's just, you know, he's just, I feel like he has a good heart. I mean, uh, yeah, like, capitalists love to say they have a good heart, Gabe, I, and I yet just, that doesn't I, mean I, anything. I, I, I respect his hustle. I think he tried his hardest. 
I don't, I don't approve of anything he did. I don't think anyone else should try to do that. Like, I don't think he's a role model. I don't think he's a good person fundamentally, but also I think he tries, he tries his best and it all came from a place of love and he just let it, you know, get to his head. I mean, he tried his best to find like 19 year old guys to give a bunch of drugs to and let him have sex with them. I had yeah gabe you're not you're not really unless you're into that you're not really <laughs> selling this i don't know if you were once a 19 year old looking for drugs but <laughs> and looking to, to bang older men but that's, no i was not quite in that same situation <laughs> only two out of three ain't bad you know <laughs> <laughs> all right um, should we take a vote yeah for joe um, yeah for joe uh no uh, critical support for joe i i give him my critical support Okay, I'm 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 a no as well. <laughs> yeah, I have not finished the show, so <clears throat> but based on what I have watched, no critical sport. <laughs> okay. It has been decided. That doesn't Yeah. That doesn't mean we're happy he's dying of coronavirus or or infected with coronavirus. You know, we're just saying like nah, Joe like Joe's Joe's a not not that cool of a dude. Well, speaking of which, my topic was critical support for Trump pardoning Joe Exotic. That hasn't happened, but <laughs> if it happens, him, should we give critical support to it? He has said it. He has, he has said that he's like, oh, I'm looking into it or something like that. Yes, because Man. we need people out of fucking prisons right now. Uh, we do not yes. need prisons filling up with anyone. So, yes, I would critically support that. I mean, but we wouldn't critically support pardoning, like, we wouldn't support critically supporting, like, some real assholes, right? Like, that's not, like, we don't support our I mean, he's not fucking Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, no, he's, he's not, not Harvey Weinstein. And he's not Jeffrey Epstein, like. But, like, if the principle is pardoning people to get them out of jail, then, like, I feel like, yeah, we, there's so many other people you would pardon before Joe Exotic. Right, but it's... Joe Exotic was innocent of what he was convicted of. Well, he was convicted of killing the tigers, too. That was part of it. Yeah, but you don't go to jail for 70 years for killing a tiger. No, no, you don't. Yeah, I mean, I I think critical support for uh, the pardoning of Joe Exotic on the grounds that everyone who's in prison for stupid reasons should be pardoned, especially... Yeah, and, like, I don't think that Trump not pardoning other people doesn't mean that he shouldn't pardon... Joe Exotic. That's okay. That's fair. I guess, I mean, it's kind of stupid that that's the situation. It's the dumbest <laughs> timeline we live in. But, like, <laughs> like be, just because Trump isn't going to pardon most people doesn't mean that he shouldn't pardon anyone. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, that's yeah. true. Although like, there was that one, that one guy that, like, Kim Kardashian got out of prison or that one woman. Like, that doesn't mean that that woman shouldn't have been released from prison. Yeah, that's Antonia Brown, you know. right? No, she definitely should have been released from prison. Right. And, like, like obviously um, she has a much stronger, she's a much better person than Joe Exotic, but, like, <laughs> like, um, like by Trump, Trump, orders of magnitude. <laughs> yeah, by orders of magnitude. But, like, because Trump is still upholding the system and not doing anything about everyone else who's unjustly in prison, that doesn't take away from, you know, this yeah. one particular person and mean that she shouldn't have been released, you know? So, oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Fair. Fair points. Would pardoning Joe Exotic be Trump's version of uh, the Cuban literacy program? <laughs> it's just. It would just be uh, affirming of how dumb our timeline is and how stupid <laughs> American politics. Is. I mean, I think it would just be. It would actually be a very clarifying event, you know. And it would just be very clear, like this is what America and our political system does is we like pardon the tv guy <laughs> yeah know. i mean it would be a real a, a rich reality television star pardoning a guy who got famous on from a netflix series yeah basically for doing reality television, television style shit like i mean and he and he actually like joe exotic first got famous uh when he was running for president in 2016 right like I, I remember seeing him on John Oliver. I remember that one, yeah. Right. I forgot <laughs> about that. <laughs> Holy crap. Oh, I was right. not aware okay. of that until yeah. Jacob told me. 
That's fucking wild. I erased many things from 2016 because, <laughs> you know, there was just not much in the memory bank for all that one year. But, like, that's coming back to me now. Like, that's like, oh, right. That happened. Joe Exotic for president. Yep. Was that, was that when people became interested in the story, when he, they brought him on for, for this stuff? And then... There was... He was already... Doing, filming with him uh, before that. Yeah. Oh, okay. There was that one documentary guy filming with him already. Um, Cause he ran for, he ran for president initially and then he ran for governor and he got like 19% of the vote. That's crazy. <laughs> what? Like one nine. Like, yeah. Yes. Like 19. Like he got 19% of the vote for the governorship of Oklahoma. Like 20 minus the... one. Yeah. Why Oklahoma? Yeah. Wait, why this Oklahoma? That's where he lives. That's where he lives. Oh. Wait, what about Florida? Other people live in Florida. Carol, uh, Carol Baskin's place is in Florida. Oh, gotcha. Okay, gotcha. And then where, where was Doc Antle's place? I feel like that was also somewhere like... Arkansas? I don't know. I'm thinking of somewhere in that region. Anyhow, Preston, have mm-hmm. we uh, motivated you watching the series now yet? Oh, South I don't Car- know. South Carolina? Okay. That sounds That's where Doc right. lives, yeah. He's in, he's in jail, too, though. They arrested him. Nice. Now, oh. I would, for, for I would actually uh, support him not being pardoned. <laughs> yeah, he was the worst of them all. Like, uh, I, Jeff Lowe is worse than him, I think. Really? I mean, it's kind, of a, it's kind of a dumb comparison. It's a dumb contest to hold at that point. They're both pretty bad. I feel like over the course of his life, there's a good chance that Jeff Lowe has actually hurt more people. I mean, Jeff Lowe strangled his wife. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Like, he's just been, like, taunting people in this, like, endless string of just fucking people over versus, I mean, yeah, Doc Handel's been running a sex cult, but, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of a dumb contest to be, like, who's worse, (laughs) but they're both pretty fucking bad. So, wait, all of this sort of, like, desperate kind of rich person acting like they should be richer thing. I don't know. Like, my brain goes to Uncut Gems. And again, another thing I I haven't seen. Honestly, Joe is so much like Howie. It's kind of crazy. He is, like, he is very Howie. Howie? Howie's the main character of of Uncut Gems. Okay. Adam Sandler. Yeah. Yeah, he's got very Howie Howie energy. Because he's constantly, like, on the edge of losing everything, but he keeps upping the stakes and, like, finding these crazy ways to, like, get another chance. And then he ups the stakes even higher. And he's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like he's never just like, okay, I'm just going to live a comfortable, normal existence. He's like, no, I have to go bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And I have to make these mm. stakes higher and risk everything, you know, and become gotcha. famous. And, like, yeah, yeah just- you can't just, like, take his winnings and, and call it good and just try to live his life. Like and it's yeah. just, just deeply delusional about deeply what delusional, yeah. who he is and his importance and his, yeah. I feel like there's a whole discussion there of like, is Adam Sandler a good actor? <laughs> yes. Um, that movie yeah. proved he is. The answer is he's, yes. He's a, he's a, he's, he's he a very a good actor. actor. Oh, okay. Maybe a lot of really bad movies. <laughs> right or maybe maybe more than that well i guess then you get to like the ultimate good or bad which is like nick cage and it's like well no no nicholas cage can be a good actor but he has also for various reasons um chosen to be in a lot of terrible movies in which he did not even try yep i mean the rock bad lieutenant national treasure <laughs> National Treasure is National Treasure. Okay, that's a good movie still. Leaving Las Vegas is an actually really good film. And he is amazing in that. And then there were other things too, like Raising Arizona. A lot of the stuff before he went into incredible amounts of debt where he was just basically taking anything and like, you know, they were good. But there's been a long slate of terrible films that, that he has not acted well in since then. And that's kind of like the basis of most people's judgment of him. But I don't think it's, it's 
it's an accurate basis of his actual talent. Hot yeah, take. Remember the whole time he was Ghost Rider? <laughs> like that was that happened. <laughs> Any- so, anyway, so, so do you think we can sum it up and say critical support for uh, Joe Exotic getting pardoned? Yes, uh, I would. For him support. getting pardoned, sure. if that if that happens, just that specific event. I yes. would critically support that. Yes. Just wow. It's just, but I'm with you that it, this is like the dumbest timeline. <laughs> <laughs> that is a real sentence you can say. Another real sentence you can say is Kim Kardashian lobbied Donald Trump to pardon Santonia Brown. Like that is that is a no. Real it wasn't Santonia Brown. Uh, it was someone else. Was it? Yeah, it was okay. someone else. Like, uh, she she's been an advocate for um, for mothers who are incarcerated generally, but Centoya uh, or Centonia, I'm not sure. Uh, Brown was uh, pardoned by like the governor of the state uh, that she lives Alice in. Alice Marie Johnson was the name of the woman. Oh, okay. Who Kim Kardashian? got out of jail so this these are real sentences that people say that (laughs) i cannot dispute and man the world is bizarre it's weird weird place okay so we still haven't gotten so we we've said critical support for the existence of the show no critical support for joe exotic but critical support for the pardon of joe exotic (laughs) now pivoting away from joe i think back to the sort of like wildlife education through animals in captivity kind of thing. Like, um, we were sort of going down that road a little bit, and I feel like we need to explore it again. Because, yeah, obviously you can see the, the difference between, like, a private, privately run zoos and, like, public zoos. So public zoos is a very high bar of, like, ethical behavior and actual knowledge of what the hell you're doing that goes into that, right? You know, like... My impression is the Woodland Park Zoo is run very differently from, like, Joe Exotic's yes. panopticon of tigers. Um, that would be one way to put it. <laughs> Panopticon. Anyway. <laughs> um, so, you know, obviously, zoos under socialism will be better. But then there is the question of, like, are zoos the best vehicle for wildlife education? Do we need to do that? Should we do that? You know. And then they are not the that. best. They are not the best vehicle. Like being in nature in your local environment is the best vehicle for wildlife education. I mean, right. I never see wildlife in in when I go to nature. I see maybe some squirrels. Well, okay. Wildlife is dangerous too. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I don't really want to see wildlife in the wild. A lot of it. I don't want to see bears in the wild or big cats. I don't know. I, I guess where I'm coming from is outdoor education is a lot deeper and more substantive than a field trip to the zoo. Yeah, but that doesn't mean zoos don't have a place and zoos aren't valuable and they're fine for what they are. And if well-constructed and ran in a humane way, I, I, I think they're fine. Um, yeah, I wouldn't dispute that. I would just say that, like, I generally don't think that most zoos, and this is, this is largely anecdotal, conform to the standards of both, like, animals being taken care of in a way that, that feels ethical, or to, like, a standard of, like, we're really educating people about about these animals and about, like, how they fit into, like, the global sort of, like, ecology. I just, I just don't see that in the zoos that I've experienced, and I haven't been to, like, the Woodland Park Zoo, but, so this is mainly based on, like, my experience with California zoos and Oregon zoos, but yeah, I don't, I don't see them fulfilling like a a deeply necessary role in educating the public. I think there's a fair question of like, do zoos fall short because we just don't have the resources to invest in them? 
right? Like, I mean, that's clearly the case going on with these tigers in the private zoos, right? Because, like, they're trying to make money off of these tigers, which means you have to cut costs, which exploits both the labor of taking care of the tigers, as well as the tigers, right? Like, the tigers are just not receiving the standard of care that they would need. But the question is, like, are zoos inherently, you know, like, shortchanged on education and care for the animals? Or is it because, like, people are trying to profit off of them? Or even just, like, I mean, I think it's sort of crazy to think that the amount of care that these animals need and combined with the educational you know, purpose of having these facilities would be able to turn a profit, right? Like, I don't think that would be like, it's definitely taking more physical, more, you know, labor than is being, you know, output by it. Or, you know, like then, you know, it's, it's not material goods we're producing. So it would definitely be running in negative. Um, So the question is like, is it like is would you have to run so in the negative that a zoo doesn't make sense even under socialism for it to meet its facility and you know educational uh, okay i guess i'm also speaking from only anecdotal evidence i haven't been to that many zoos either i've maybe been to four or five in my life and the ones I, I've never been to, like a private zoo or game farm or, or those kinds of things. I've only been to a couple of like uh, big city zoos in places where I've lived or, or traveled. Um, and all those places I thought were really excellent. I mean, I think there's always the inherent problem of like, if, if, if you want people to be able to see an animal, that animal is not going to have anything comparable to its life that it would have in the wild. It's not, I mean, it's like, you're not going to be able to see it if it has a giant space to roam. At the same time, I always felt like I, I learn a lot every time I've been to a zoo. And I think there is a lot of value in being able to, if you want people to care about something you do, I think you do need them to, to being, or, or you don't necessarily need them to, but being able to see something in person makes it a lot easier to care about something. And a lot of people don't realize this, but most publicly run big city zoos are, are they don't, they're, they're getting most of their animals from like circuses, from Hollywood or injured animals, but animals that aren't, that they're not going out and capturing wild animals that much anymore. Private people are doing that. People are doing that privately and on the black market and you know places like sea world we're doing that but most of the big city zoos don't do that anymore so to a large degree the animals would never have had a life in the wild by the point they by the time they arrive at the zoo and so i guess to me it's like a it's a trade-off that's that's worth it you know i think it I think it is, it was, to me, it was beneficial. I learned a lot, a lot about animals every time I went to the zoo, and I think it made me care about them. Yeah, I feel like, Teresa, you've had some, you clearly had some bad zoo experiences, and I want to apologize to you for that. I feel like it clearly left a bit of a scar. Um, but most zoos are not really like that. Well, I don't know about most. Is that, I mean, can I you mean, say his, that? Historically, no. Historically, most zoos are shitty. Um, but I mean, I've been to zoos all over the West coast and in a couple other cities and the zoo aficionado. fine. I don't know. I think there, there are some animals that cannot be kept in captivity or it is very difficult to keep in captivity in a humane way. Um, but a lot of animals, it's not that difficult. So, I mean, what are animals you would consider to like, just like, just don't make sense. Like obviously, you know, large mammal, you know, large whales, you know, that's um, definitely well, a no. Yeah, any, any large mammal, um, you could. So tigers? Uh, no, no, I mean, I mean, sea mammal, any, any, any large sea mammal. I don't think you can, you, 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 you can't have an enclosure large enough for a whale, uh, in which they will be able to move around and, and. You know, it's like that, that whole thing where, like, you need to be able to see them, and also they need space to do their thing. That's not possible for, like, a whale or dolphin. Um, from what I understand, elephants actually need, like, a lot of space, too. And I, like, doesn't, didn't Woodland Park get rid of their elephants because they didn't have 
their facilities weren't good enough or something? Yeah, the city council intervened, actually. Um, uh, apparently, that was uh, Heidi Wills' big thing when she got elected. Like, uh, she was like, the change is coming to the council. And then, like, the big thing they pushed, it, pushed on was, like, fucking elephants. Um, so Wait, she, she, elephants? She, she was pro or anti-elephant? I, I think anti. Well, what do they do uh, with the elephants? They went to other facilities that like actually had space for them. And now Woodland Park Zoo is like, oh, crap, we have all this elephant shit that we have, don't know what to do with. Like, if you go there now, like, there's just the big... I remember going there as a kid, and, you know, oh, you yeah. can see the elephants up close. You can see them getting hosed down, everything. And, and now you go there, and it's, like, just this big, empty dirt pit. And like, oh, my God. <laughs> Damn. Right. Uh, okay, so critical support for zoos, I think, as is a concept. I, I would say yes, but... yeah. I'd say given the historical condition that, you know, these animals already can't make it in the wild because of how they've been create, you know, conceived. Yeah. I, I want to say on the record, I don't have any data to say that that's the majority of zoos. I would say that that's just the, the, the large city funded zoos that are, that are kind of famous. Like they don't go out and capture wild animals anymore. But I, I, don't, I don't know about the majority of zoos around the world or in America that they, that they don't do that. I, yeah, I, I personally would not critically support zoos under capitalism. Possibly, I would definitely, I would extend my critical support to zoos under socialism. But no, I don't support zoos under capitalism. So, Preston, was that a no or a yes for you? Oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm down. I think, yeah, I, give uh, I think, uh, the benefits outweigh the downsides, uh, especially given the historical period that we're in. Um, obviously private zoos are a, a travesty as we see. Yeah. On, um, uh, because you know, you're exploiting the labor, which then exploits the, the tiger, right? Like it's sort of, it's a double exploitation there. Right. Um, whereas like, you know, in a public zoo, when we're actually trying to fund you know, its well-being as well as, you know, education. I think that's a very different situation. Although now I'm thinking of the end, uh, you know, the, the, the very hallucinatory scenes at the end of Happy Feet where um, it's... Have you all seen Happy Feet? Nope. Gay? Oh, it's been so long. No. Oh, man. So there's these crazy scenes. So the guy who did Happy Feet is the same guy who did Mad Max, Fury Road. So, really? yes, those, are, those wow. are the same That's director. hilarious. I love that. Um, so, oh, how do you see the penguin who who lives in Antarctica and he dances and everyone yeah. else sings, but he dances. Yeah, he dances. He gets big, and then but the, the thing about Happy Feet is he never like loses his kid feathers. So he's this right. adult sized penguin that looks like a a kid penguin, and then he gets captured and he goes into like at the end the last like hallucinatory twenty minutes of the movie. Like the tone of the movie totally changes, and they like capture him, and then he's being fed the fish, and it's sort of this like 1984-ish feeling where it's like, oh yeah, I get the fish I want. I don't need to do anything. My life is great, you know. Like, and then but like the whole time it's the super dystopian music playing and harsh lights and just kind of, you know, the the edifice of hundreds of penguins is there, and um, it's really bizarre it's a bizarre tone shift like at the end of the movie it's it's almost like they were making a movie and the last 20 minutes peter was like no 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 and then totally changed the movie <laughs> so that happens. Uh, either that or either that or like the mad max Fury road guy director was like oh wait hold on we want to make a different kind of movie we're gonna really <laughs> screw with these kids heads right now and like go full like you know, animals should be free kind of kind of thing and make this seem dystopian. I don't know. It's crazy. It's really weird. Uh, but yeah, and then that guy went on to make Mad Max Fury Road. So. Huh. Anyhow, so critical support for zoos. Um, Go out and I was going to say heavy pets. Nope. Different. Can't do any of that right now. Dear Boy. listener, you've spent another perfectly good hour listening to four yes. socialists blather about um, the uh, ph- uh, cultural phenomenon of the day. Please send us uh, other stuff to talk about. We can't. At, yeah. We're running out yeah. of ideas. We are definitely running Speak out of ideas. Speak for yourself. <laughs> I have we'll like just do a three or four ideas. <laughs> they, were all, they were all, I felt 
insecure about every single one of them, but I did have like three or four ideas. Please email us at critical support. I mean, support, uh, support podcast at gmail.com. Uh, email in the description. Um, give us a like, give us a subscribe, tell your friends, not like you're doing anything else right now. Yep. Um, we know. And, uh, yeah, stay healthy, everybody. Thank Wash you. your hands. All right. All right. Well, that's the podcast. Yeah.